We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, talking about the good old days of how, well, after Tom had won titles and Charlie Weiss went off to uh, to Notre Dame to coach that, you know, hey, look, it was just kind of like the next guy in the room. But the other part of it was, the quarterback was a successful Super Bowl winning quarterback by the time Josh McDaniels was named the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. And so while that hubbubaloo goes on in terms of who is going to be the person that calls the plays, will it be Joe Judge? There are other calls uh, for the tight ends coach that potentially could do it. I, I My only argument is that the quarterback is too young and too new to just assume that he could just roll with it. And it's just you just that's just a big assumption. And when you've had success in a first year, you usually success comes in growing pains and going from bad to worse. I mean going from bad from from bad to better. And, and the worst case scenario is, oh man, he started off good and it got worse. Because that's when you're like, okay, this train is slowly losing its traction on the track. But yet you're holding on to what you saw early on. Robert Griffith III is a great example of that. What you saw right away, you're like, this is the savior. Everything's going to be beautiful. And like out of the league in eight years. Like every year after that was horrible. I know injury played a factor. But again, we're talking about regression. And even with Griffin, uh, Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator that first year. They all got blown out the next. Sean McVay. Think about it. Yeah, Sean McVay. All those guys on his staff didn't work out. So you would think with Mac, there needs to be somebody in place that's gonna grow with Mac. Not some somebody like, okay, hey, well, you just call the plays. I mean, there's no real titles thing here. There, there needs to be a title of this. Especially if, you know, there's a chance that there'll be a title on the other side if Steve Belichick is named the defensive coordinator. Nothing like giving your kid an extra orange at soccer practice, right? But I think it comes back to the draft. There are some good arguments. And more times I hear them, the more I think about it, I'm like, you know what? It is much harder to find, you know, a, a free agent defensive player that can make a sudden impact than it is to get someone in the draft. I mean, you you, you saw what happened with Micah Parsons there in, in Dallas. You're like... What did we have to really show him? Boom. I mean, you're talking about like a guy who was easily defensive uh, rookie of the year, but like could get votes for defensive player of the year. Could. Will. He will. I don't think he'll win. I think Donald will win it, but he. Mm. Or maybe, uh, no, Watt won it. There you go. So 
looking at the draft, I mentioned this a couple nights ago, that David Ajabo of Michigan is so, so intriguing that this may be where the Bills, I'm sorry, where Bill uses his connection with the Texans. I'm not saying that out loud, but I'm saying it out loud. That you look to somehow get that number three pick to move up to get David Ajabo because his stock went from, uh, maybe he's a mid-round first guy, maybe he could fall to a couple people to like, oh no. He gets the right teaching, this guy will be amazing. And because you don't know what the Houston Texans are in flux with the Deshaun Watson situation, Lovey Smith is, I, I would say, just head coach by, like, hey, Lovey, we've got some good news for you. You, you do? You're the head coach. I am? That's kind of how Houston is right now. So a couple nights ago, I said, hey, if I'm Belichick, I get on the phone with Houston, say, look, for that number three pick, why don't we give you this year's 21st pick, our first round pick next year, and Jalen Mills to shore up your pass defense, which was absolutely horrible, for the number three pick and the number eight this year, third round. It's a risk worth taking, but... I just don't see Houston as a franchise that's in in win now mode, you know. So this is just my dream. So instead of the twenty first pick, the Patriots are able to move up to number three and take David Ajabo from Michigan. Now you put him on the line, hands down. You can do your three four, or you can switch up and four four. You know how it's a hybrid thing with Bill. And Matthew Judon on the opposite side, that's already going to be a problem. And when you're facing someone like a a Josh Allen who loves to run to his right, and you put both him and Judon to his right side and line line those guys up on the defensive left side against the right tackle who's not supposed to be, who's not going to be as strong as the left tackle is for a right-handed quarterback, you could give Buffalo some problems that they did not expect. That's That's how impactful David Ajabu can be. So for round two, I say trade the pick. Talk to Atlanta, see if that's good enough to get Calvin Ridley here, get yourself a 1A receiver. Why diddle around to see what's around at 54, knowing that you're tempted to try and go get a receiver or some type of offense, and they don't pan out. Go get someone who you know has already panned out. $11 million left on his one, one, one year left on Ridley's deal. Sat out. I played only five games this season. I think once Atlanta went to go play their game in London is when he stopped playing for the season uh, to get himself mentally well, which probably means he needs a a change of scenery there from Atlanta. Was a very capable 1A when Julio Jones was was really more so the one receiver, the, the, the wide receiver one when Julio Jones was still there in that last year when Julio Jones just wasn't the same guy. You could see that, okay, this is no longer a number one receiver. Still dangerous, but no longer number one. That became Calvin Ridley. All right, so, so far, before the end of day one, the Patriots have made a move to get to the top three of the draft to get Jabu and have made a trade for Calvin Ridley. Now you're doing some things. So, you got the 85th pick. You trade that for the 80th. With Houston, you go for a linebacker. Adam Anderson out of Georgia. So, 
even though some people are like, well, go get a receiver in the draft. Well, look, okay. You just got the receiver by trading up the second pick. And so now you want to look at one of these guys from one of these big SEC programs, Adam Anderson. Projected grade third round. Tackling, pass rush, coverage, all excellent numbers. Run defense, eh, so-so. The good stuff, ferocious against the run, and great as a pass rusher. Extremely versatile. Keeps his feet moving after initial contact. Toughness under the pads of tackles to bull them, club them upfield to get the inside lane or fight through blocks for secondary rush when the passer steps up. (laughs) Sounds like Josh Allen, right? Tougher between the tackles. Covers enough ground to be a Tampa 2 Mike. Dante Hightower was getting $8 million last year. You might walk this person right into there. Good closing speed. Long arms. A freak as an athlete. Explosive. The problems? He can struggle if a bigger back runs at him. Okay, he's not playing Tennessee every week, and I think everybody has a problem tackling that guy. Adam Anderson, Georgia, third-round projection. So now you address the middle linebacker situation. So then you're like, okay, what about the J.C. Jackson? Before I get to J.C. Jackson, what what do you do about the safety situation if you're not going to bring back Devin McCourty? So in round four, target Brian Cook, Cincinnati. Draft projection, fourth round. So I'm not like taking first-round guys and sliding them all the way down. Tackling, great numbers. Pass coverage, the only issues that they see so far with Brian Cook, getting off of blocks. Okay, that means someone's pretty far downfield if this is safety. It could be a bit slow, reacting when a quarterback comes back to his side of the field late in progression. You can handle that in in tape room. Just keep showing him what Josh Allen likes to do once he has four seconds gone by and he hasn't been touched. But he's tough and scrappy. Has an NFL frame. Reads and reacts quickly. Great body control. Big hitter. This is something you might want to look at. And then you say, okay, once you get to maybe the sixth round, because, again, if you've gotten Calvin Ridley, let's say you make a play for Juju Smith-Schuster as well. You already have Kendrick Bourne, who is above who is above what people say he is. Let's just call it what it is. You just saw the flashes of him at the end. And you still have Jacoby Myers. So now you probably want to find a person that says, okay, Can we find someone in a late round that could potentially be a slot guy, returns, punts, uh, just do those knick-knack things, but, you know, get in there in some spread packages? Vellis Jones Jr. from Tennessee. Predicted as undrafted, so sixth round sounds about right. Really good on the intermediate routes. Pretty good on a deep threat. Fits its zone system. Sifts through oncoming traffic. Balanced. Excellent run route, uh, route runner. Setting up and sells routes beautifully. Rare suddenness with lightning footwork. In tight areas. 
impressive athlete. Does a nice job locating and tracking deep passes. So that would help Mac Jones if if he's not trying to go over on the numbers side. That if there's a guy who can beat coverage coming from that slot position and can run a cross route pattern heading towards the numbers, and Mac gets that accurate ball up in the air, you might have something there. So, David Ajabu, Michigan. David Ajabo, sorry. Make a trade, get him at number three. You'll let go Jalen Mills. You'll let go of the 21st pick. You'll let go of the first pick in 2023. 2023, you got tons of cap room. Round two. Use that 54th pick and trade it to Atlanta for Calvin Ridley. You might even give up, you know, a conditional third the next year as well. You trade for that 80th pick. You have 85, you move up to 80, so you could give that third-round pick to to Atlanta in that second-round deal. Pick at 80, which made that deal with Houston. Get Adam Anderson out of Georgia. Round four, safety Brian Cook out of Cincinnati. Vellis Jones, wide receiver at 199 in round six. I don't know who you pick at number 209. At that point, it's probably like, you know, some guy from like Barstool University or something like that. I don't, I don't know. But now you have the defense. I, I'm starting to believe that. Look, the defense. If you want to address it, look for it in the draft where it, where you and make it make an aggressive move. Make an aggressive move. Go get David Ajabo. Go do it. Why not? All right. Coming next, we'll look at some of the free agent receivers who may or may not come to the Patriots. We'll have fun playing. Coming to the Patriots. That's next here on WEEI Late Night with KJ. But right now, it's time to trend with Matt. The home for Patriots fans. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. Celtics in Brooklyn tonight resuming their season after closing the first half as one of the hottest teams in the league. They took down the Brooklyn Nets 129 to 106. Jason Tatum led the Celtics with 30 points on 50% shooting, adding in seven boards and four assists. The Seas had six other players to score in double figures, but the Nets couldn't really get much going. Seth Curry led them with 22 points, and uh, three-point contest participant Patty Mills, 0 for 9 from the field, one point, one rebound, three assists in 28 minutes. Tough stretch for the Brooklyn Nets without their health. The Celtics will be back in action on Saturday against the Detroit Pesky Pistons. The Bruins had lost four of five. They won back-to-back. They carried that momentum into Seattle tonight where they dropped the puck at 10 p.m. It's currently now 1-1. A couple of minutes into the second period, they went down 1-0 after Mike Giordano goal four minutes into the first. But Jake DeBrus got his 10th goal of the season to tie it up before they went to the locker room. And the uh, Bruins just killing a penalty right now. Getting things done in Seattle, trying to keep that good momentum alive. Quick baseball news. The new news is no news. No progress made in their meetings today. They have four days to uh, to settle a new agreement, I should say, uh, before players start losing salaries for games missed and before they start canceling regular season games. Some quick NFL news also. Aaron Rodgers, his future still unclear in Green Bay, but league sources say he'll inform the Packers of a decision, quote-unquote, soon, whatever that means, KJ. And meanwhile, the Packers, they freed up $3 million in cap space, restructuring Aaron Jones' contract today. They opened up almost $11 million from nose tackle Kenny Clark's contract yesterday. And per Diana Rossini of ESPN, multiple teams have offers on the table, but Green Bay has not made any decisions yet. 
And that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. More of KJ on WEEI Late Night coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I want to be back close to home in New England in the offseason um, and just because we obviously have our, our place there and just figure out ways to to become a better quarterback and then do whatever we can to put more points up on the board so we can win more games. WEEI, thank you so much for hanging out with KJ Late Night, 617-779-7937, where the text line is 37937. Yeah, Mac Jones is saying all the right things, and one thing that we will tell you that is so key both in entertainment and sports is the best ability is availability. And by Mac choosing to stay around in the offseason is showing that he's available for all the different changes that are coming around. He 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 understands the culture that's in front of him. This is not a guy just yet who can just dip off and head to the Maldives. You know, after his first workout, I was you know, I I led our team to the playoffs. I think we'll go to a rave tonight. Do people still go to raves? Is raving still a thing? Absolutely. Really? Is it? I, usually the names change after a while. Hey, I mean, now it's just like a festival. But I mean, when I was okay, in middle school, they, the quote unquote raves, raves came back with the, you know, Electric Daisy Carnival. And yeah, big, okay. you know, so it's festival now, but the raves used to be what 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 it was called. And, and so, look, Mac is is doing the right thing, saying the right things, putting himself in the right position to succeed. The question is, is will you know, will the. Uh, upper management or his coach or his general manager or just Bill, you know, give him or get him even additional weapons. Because in fairness to Bill, when Bill went and spent the money he did last year, I think he was thinking these are the guys he could get and they play with Cam Newton because you didn't know that Mac Jones was going to be yours when you signed those free agents. So it's like, okay, you had to get something that would work for Cam Newton potentially. Or if a rookie quarterback comes in and is successful, at least he has a good starter kit. So we now know that, you know, Mac needs more than just a starter kit in terms of his weapons that are out there in front of him. 
Now, the other crazy thing about that is, at some point, how do you kind of thank Cam Newton for that seven and nine season? Because if you go worse, no, if you go, if it's a little better, you know, let's say the team was nine and seven, your Mac Jones is not is not the quarterback of the Patriots without some movement around to happen to move up to get him. And it doesn't guarantee that would have happened. So, you know, thank you, Cam and Brian Hoyer <laughs> for Mac. But Lawrence Guy says, look, when it comes to leadership, Mac has got it. He came in with that, that leadership. You saw in the season, you see it in the locker room. He's a great person. He's building that brotherhood. And that's what you want to see in a young player. Somebody building that brotherhood. And it can take all those burdens on his back. And that's what he's doing. When, when we're up high, we're good. When we're down low, he's still there. And that's what you want to see in, in, a, in a young player. So there you go. Look, Mac is making himself available in the offseason by staying in the area. Already established himself as one of the go-to guys in the locker room. Three, knows that, okay, he's had a full season to see what he could do. It's even different than Justin Herbert when Justin Herbert stepped in after a few games and lost a few games where Matt came in and didn't suffer as long. I'd say maybe after after around the six, around the Cowboys game is when things turned for Matt. And again, I said that was probably one of his better games in showing resiliency, even though it was a loss, I wouldn't call it a moral victory, but I would say that that's the moment where by throwing that, that 75 yard pass to Kendrick Bourne to get them back into the lead, um, did a lot at that time. And it's helped him through the rest of the way. So the real question is when it comes to Mac is, what kind of free agents or trades could the Patriots make to get him a 1A? So, in the spirit of my favorite movie, Coming to America, hit it, Matt! Did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? I am very happy to be here! Hey, hey can you receive? Because they need some help on the Patriots. Hey, can you see a receiver coming to the Patriots? Yes, will one of these receivers be willing to come to the Patriots? I'll go through a list of them, and then you'll get my answer. The first one, Chris Godwin. Now, he's the desire of everybody in the league. Even though he went out with a knee injury at the end of the year, 98 receptions on a team that also had Mike Evans and Gronk and everything, you still get that that Tom Brady's favorite receiver, over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, made 15 and a half last year in salary. He's going to want a super big payday somewhere in the Devontae Adams number. So I'm going to say no to Chris Godwin. I cannot believe it. Yeah, I can't believe that Bill Belichick will pull out the checkbook and pay a guy $20 million to be the receiver just for Mac. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster. You know what? I have a lot of respect for him because even though he went down with an injury after game uh, four, uh, game five, um, he came back to play in the playoff game with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, even though he got $8 million last year, Three of it was salary. Five of it was signing bonus. So Juju, Smith, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has a very beneficiary uh, payment structure that you could probably do kind of a look-see deal, maybe like five in salary, five in signing bonus. So 
You save some of your cap room and get him a little more money than he got last year just to see if it works. And at $10 million, I say yes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, a few years ago, absolutely. Buffalo kind of fell out of favor, but he was part of the offense for a little bit. Played 14 games, 42 receptions, but then Cole Beasley became their dependency. And Emmanuel Sanders carries a $6 million price tag. And at 35 years old, I don't know how you would justify giving him maybe seven or five, five to seven million to, to come and play with Mac Jones. And he's definitely not a, 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 a one receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is a no. I cannot believe it. I wouldn't believe it. Mike Williams of the Chargers. Listen to this. 76 receptions, 1,146 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. Made only $5 million last year. You know, with, with Keenan Allen on the other side of the field, he's all, Keenan Allen has always been the number one guy. So one of the concerns I would have about Mike Williams is he's always been a number two, and is he ready to step into that number one role? We've seen that happen in the bad sense with Mohamed Sanu. But with that size and that talent and that red zone ability to catch tough passes... Mike Williams would be a yes. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Allen Robinson. This guy was like at the top of the free agency board last year. Got franchise tagged by the Bears. Got himself 17, close to 18 million this past year. Only had 38 receptions because the passing game was just that bad. Only 410 yards receiving in those 12 games. That is awful. You almost wonder, I don't know if it's so much that the guy doesn't know how to catch a pass anymore, but it's like age catches up with people. You still have to be out there for plays. You know, Allen Robinson may be that guy who, oh gosh, like he's probably sitting somewhere having a, a beverage saying, I hate the franchise tag. But if I'm the Patriots, I don't touch him. That's a no. I cannot believe it. Devontae Adams. Now, I believe he's going to be franchise tagged, 123 receptions, just unbelievable season. But if there's no Aaron Rodgers there, does he demand a trade? So maybe a signing trade happens with him, but his number is going to be much higher than the 14 and a half that he's gotten. And because he's one of the top receivers in the league, his number is going to be even higher. And I think that number is too rich. So sounds good in fantasy, but I think Devontae Adams ends up staying in Green Bay. That's a no. I cannot believe it. Jamison Crowder. Now, here's someone that I pegged last year as an ideal slot receiver. Now, uh, still pretty young, 20. He'll be 29 when the season starts. Uh, 12 games, had 51 receptions for the Jets. And you would say, wow, did they complete 51 passes last year? couple of touchdowns. Uh, the only concern I'd have is that his price tag is at $9.5 million last year. So if you can get him for maybe six or seven and with some incentives, I would say yes to Jamison Crowder as that three receiver. Yes! Yes! Now, here are a couple of players where their contracts, they're not free agents, but their contracts are up in 2023, and they have intriguing stories because of storylines happening with their teams. Number one, DeAndre Hopkins. Before you say, KJ, what are you smoking? Yeah, there might be stories that everything's good with the Cardinals now and everybody's everybody's great. 
DeAndre Hopkins may not like what's going on with Kyler Murray, and he may demand he wants out. Now, it would be a big risk because Arizona will be hosting the Super Bowl next year, and you'd want to have all pieces in place. But if they, if DeAndre Hopkins comes says, hey, I want to be traded, while it sounds good, if I'm the Patriots, I stay away, I say no. I cannot believe it! Now, here's the one that's the most intriguing, and it makes sense. DK Metcalf's contract is up in 2023, and I have a strong belief that Russell Wilson's not staying. So if Russell Wilson's not staying, if I'm DK Metcalf, do I want to try and sign a big deal with no quarterback on the roster? Or do I try and talk to my agent and say, hey, look, if Russell's out of here, get me out of here. Let me do the rest of my deal on a look-see with the team where I would still have leverage, but at least I could be with a team that I know has the cap space. This year, the cap space for the for the Patriots is 202. It drops down to 108 in 2023. I would try and make a move for DK Metcalf if they want to get him out of Seattle. Yes! Yes! So those are the people who potentially could be coming to the Patriots just the same way that Eddie Murphy came to America looking for a wife. We've got to find Mac Jones number one receiver. Matt, that seems pretty fair, right? Not greedy. I don't want everybody in the world. No, I I like a couple of those names more than others, but I like that list. The the list is what they should be looking at. Those are the guys, you know, they can whittle it down from there. Yeah, so my yeses are Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams in San Diego, Jamison Crowder with the Jets, and DK Metcalf, if you could pull off a trade, knowing that you'll have plenty of cap space for him. So let's say you can pull off the DK Metcalf thing and you have the Calvin Ridley. Oh, can you imagine how McDreamy that would be? Oh, my God. If for a year you had Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf as your one-two, right? Whoever doesn't work out, you go. Juju Smith-Schuster would be like your, your number two receiver. Then you could think about like, okay, do you do you move on from Kendrick Bourne, you know, who's gonna be a little more pricier than Jacoby Mott, right? Like I mean, in that whole process you have to get rid of Aguilar somehow. <laughs> That's easy. In, in order to make it happen. You say it's easy, but it, it's kind of a large cap hit for a guy that doesn't fit very many teams, so I don't know who'd take him. Like I, I mean, well, what so, use somebody, is he to, to Atlanta or to, you know, Green Bay if you're talking about Devontae Adams? But he may be useful to someone like Cleveland, who may be thinking, Okay, we're ready to potentially do a reset. Um and may not stick with Baker Mayfield, right? Like, so sometimes you have to look at places. Aguilar could be perfect for the Giants. You know, you have to look at places where, okay, we may be coming off of a quarterback and who the receivers are, it really won't matter. Where the inverse with the Patriots, it's like, okay, you brought in Aguilar because you thought it would be with Cam Newton. Like, that really, you know what I mean? Like, that really doesn't matter. But now that you know that you have an accurate quarterback and 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 a receiver who's, who is accurate at not catching balls. Like, you start thinking about where you move them to. It, it's almost like in basketball, like how you move players to the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> you hide them there. Right, like Nelson Aguilar is like a, he's like a candidate. Like, he's like the Kemba Walker kind of or the NFL right now. Like, wow, it's a big number. Where can we move you to? Somewhere where, you know, it doesn't really hurt. The Jets, you know, Aguilar to the Jets. It, 
Aguilar is one of those type of players at this point where if a team comes calling and says, yeah, we'll take your contract, you got to go. You can't say, no, find me a better deal. That's that's the better and best deal. You know, it's like that's that's the only deal. You Like, I work hard to get this money, said the agent. So I would also move off of Johnny Smith. Those two right there combined is $27 million in cap. So... Because the worst thing that I think, honestly, what I think the worst thing that could happen is if Smith and Aguilar play their faces off this year, and then they're gone, right? And then they're gone because now they've they've worked their resume tape magic, and now and now they're on their way to somewhere else, and you're getting nothing in return because they would be unrestricted. So I would say, hey, maybe we can help you, help us, help you, like go now, <laughs> go now. We'll take you for picks at this point. Right, you, you give up Aguilar to Cleveland or the Jets or, or the or to the Giants. You know, psh, give us a comp, comp, compensatory third, fourth. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're still holding on to Nikhil Harry, whose contract isn't up until 2024. That's that's going to be the harder move, right? Because at least Aguilar and Jonu Smith have done something. They have something on tape in the NFL that they've done. And for that, the you know, like the Lions or the Dolphins or, you know, some of these teams where it's just kind of like, you know, run a player out there. That'll be just fine. They would work. I mean, think about it. When Aguilar went to the Raiders, that was at the time when the Raiders were kind of like, huh. Now they're much better. He's not there. Patriots are, are, are better. Like, it's time. Move now. Move now. So. The yeses again, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams, Jamison Crowder, DK Metcalf in a potential trade. So even in the free agents, I was like, be honest, Godwin's not going to come because Bill's not going to come up off for $20, 22000000 to pay him. Right, Emmanuel Sanders, he's just up there in age right now, maybe three years ago. Uh, Allen Robinson, just, I mean, that type of drop-off. I'm talking about a guy who had like 112 receptions the year before, down to 38. He and Kenny Galladay were like prized off-season targets yeah, for a lot of teams, and neither right. one of them made an impact at all. Like, like they'll go into next year. Kenny Galladay will not be the number one, even if he's in New York when the season starts, because Kadarius Tony had such a big breakout while he was off rehabbing whatever ligament it was. Right. So you're, you're talking about Allen Robinson really needs to kind of show cause for somebody, and and. And is he still a number one? You, you never know. The guy goes to another team. He may not be a number one. Aguilar would work in Jacksonville. I'm still thinking about, please, like, like if, if I'm serious, like really, you know, hey, instead of just offering up a a, 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 a conflict, offer up the solution too, right? Uh, Devontae Adams, he's going to get, he's going to get franchise tagged. You know, even if Aaron Rodgers is not there, I think things probably turn around where Aaron Rodgers ends up in Nashville they may do a signing trade. Like they may sign Aaron for two more years, make that money fit where Tannehill would fit coming to Green Bay. I don't think they believe in Jordan Love because they haven't committed any real money to him yet. So, you know, Green Bay doesn't have to have the future with Jordan Love, just the same way they didn't have that future with the guy I forgot that got traded to Seattle and was supposed to be Seattle's quarterback until Russell Wilson beat him out. I can't remember his name. But the dude never panned out to be any. Jamison Crowder, eh, my concern, even though he's a, he's a very good three and play the slot, 
you know, nine million last year for the Jets. You know, he's probably gonna say, Well, look, I I know I can produce better for this team. And you start getting into the ten million area for a guy, you know, who's been okay. You know, I hear people talk about like, go get Barrios. Like, no, you can find that in the sixth round. Like, where do you think they found Barrios? <laughs> the sixth round, right? Like, so, you know, like I, I think if you're looking at a slot receiver and you don't want to pay a lot of money, look in the draft. Just look in the draft. You know, you might even start Jacoby Myers there in the slot and uh start to see where his where his where his value goes. Do you want a slot name that I've I've come across recently that Give actually me a could slot be a slot name? AJ Green. No, Pro- prove pretty two. valuable, prove pretty valuable as a as a as a, you know, a fill-in for Kyler Murray when he had a lot of injuries on that offense and he actually proved to be one of the most efficient receivers in the slot all season long. Not at thirty four. Yeah, but you know, veteran presence. I don't know. You're, I'm just at looking six, at not at spending million. money, not expecting Bill to spend money that he's never really spent before. Yeah, but he was getting six million a year, and if you know that, hey, I have a value for something that you need, you know, he's going to start those talks at six million. So I, you know, just trying to get into the mind of you know non spending Bill, you know, like would you give a thirty four year old AJ Green seven eight million dollars? To come be the slot. Well, he's in that same range as Emmanuel Sanders. Like you're not necessarily spending the money because you know he's going to get 70, 80 catches, but he shores you up as as a veteran. You know you can kind of rely on. Yeah, him. you're right. They're damn veteran, all right. Thirty four years old. That's kind of <laughs> long in the tooth. It's, you know, I think that's just some of the things that you'd have to look at. You you would say, okay, if you're thinking about what would kind of be a veteran for Mac, then that's where the Jamison Crowder comes in. He's twenty six years old. You know, he, he, you know, he goes across the middle, you know, maybe, but again, if the guy got nine last year and you know, that's what the Patriots need. It would just be very tough to, to spend that amount of money without yeah. looking for something in the draft, but because that's what you've done, you know, I mean, look at Welker and Edelman, and these, these guys are, you know, from out of nowhere, you know, and have, you know, have been huge producers in that slot. So I can't see why Bill suddenly would say, I'm going to go now spend a lot of money on slots. Even what he spent on tight ends is is kind of a first because when he had Gronk and Hernandez, you're talking two young guys on rookie deals. So he had two great players that cost nothing. But so like even him getting Smith and Henry is really his first time paying money for tight ends. So I, I think Bill's going to be uh, pretty uh, pr- uh, pretty prude when it comes to uh, spending too much on a player or a position that he doesn't see a multi-million dollar value in uh, for the return, right? Like if he's going to pay $9 million for the slot, that slot receiver needs to have 70 receptions, you know, for, for it to make sense. And I don't think that's what you necessarily need to pay out to get production. I mean, like I said, you even see what Jacoby Myers could do in there if you can bring in, you know, a Smith-Schuster and uh, a Calvin Ridley. You know, move him to the inside. Um, see if he can do that. You know, you know. Now you've got Kendrick Bourne out there as well. So it it'll be interesting. But I think there at least there's some options out there for Mac in terms of serviceable one A receivers. I don't think Juju Smith Schuster's a one A anymore, uh, just from injury and and just, uh, just I just don't think you know he stepped up in that role when he had the chance to like he could have. All right, it's KJ Late Night here on WEEI Next. 
Uh, something weird discussed on the Greg Hill Show that I have to address. That's next here on Late Night on WEI. The final step of this is the detoxification of blood, which is done through bloodletting. And if you don't know what bloodletting is, that is when one would get a leech, place it on their body to remove a small amount of blood from the veins. That is what Aaron Rodgers did and he was coming off of when he made that gratitude post. And the guy is a freak. Late night with KJ on WEEI, part of the WEEI network across New England. Thank you so much for hanging out, whether it's for 15 minutes or all two hours. I appreciate you. So it's amazing sometimes what surprises Courtney, because I've actually heard of that before. Talking, They're talking about Aaron Rodgers and this cleanse that he does. And the last part of it is bloodletting, where he puts leeches on the skin. And then the way you remove the leeches, I don't know if they discuss this is that you put fire to a knife and you get it real hot and you burn the leeches off of your skin. Now, again, when you're a pro athlete, you do some pretty strange things. I remember when the uh, the, the freezing machine showed up, when that first came out, they are like, wait a minute, you actually put yourself in a sub-zero cold freezing tank and now it's standard. So in, in, in all the things that I think are weird about Aaron Rodgers, I have to say, you know, Courtney, he's not really that weird when he does that. Greg Hill Show, 6 to 10, weekdays. Catch him tomorrow to get your weekend started right. You just never know what will happen. But, again, it's amazing sometimes when you hear uh, things that are discussed on the Greg Hill Show, you're like, oh, wow, I kind of knew that. It, I don't know if it makes him a freak. It just says when you you, you get paid $40 million a year, you can do really crazy things to stay in shape. It's like those old, uh, remember James Harrison in the last few years with the Steelers and Patriots posting yeah. the, the cupping that he was doing, yeah. and people were freaking out, thinking it was the strangest thing in the world that he had these big old-looking bruises on his body. But right. it becomes normal the, practice for these people. Well, that's in essence what the, the kind of what, that's like the, 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 the step below the leeches, right? The leeches like literally go into, like that, that would be the issue because what if the leech doesn't let go? That, I, that's where I would understand where Courtney's coming from. Like, it's not a freak, but it's like, what if, like, what if something goes wrong? Like with cupping, you just take the cup off, right? But with, with a leech, you know, this leech might like finally, it's like um the guy, the, the, the alligator guy who, you know, was, who's the, 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 uh, the, uh, what was the guy's name? The, the hunter. If you remember, but he ended up dying because Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin, <laughs> where all these things he was doing, getting an alligator's mouths and having a conversation, gets stung in the heart by a stingray ends him. You know, that's where I understand where Courtney's coming from. Like, what if there's that one leech that just sucks on like the carotid artery and puts Aaron Rodgers to sleep for good? Like, that's where I'd be concerned. Like, dude, you you couldn't do cupping. Well, I, I mean, I've heard of like the leeching techniques and stuff. Right. People have used it for various things, that's, but that's very old. World, it's the yes. final step of a twelve-day cleanse that includes all of this other horrific stuff at the beginning, with with just induced vomiting, and you know, it's coming out of both ends basically for multiple days. 
you're doing you're doing enemas, and then there's a butter you swab somebody swabs butter into your nose, and it's supposed to release these toxins. And it's really, I might try that tomorrow. So the leeches, the, the leeches are the least of my worries, but it's after 11 days of all this other stuff that would that would end up scaring me. Well, I mean, that's what leeches do is clean up the mess. You know, that's what they call you blood sucking leech. It's like that's exactly what I need them to do. Oh, so you know, it's winter break for kids. And so what is so adorable, I have two daughters. So, in fact, I have all women in my house. So, like, this is like this is my free time. Like, this is my man cave time, right? Um, but I, shout out to all the fa- families who are be able to get their kids to Disney on Ice. Uh, I was able to get my daughter into that rite of passage a couple years ago, right before, literally right before the pandemic hit in 2020. And so uh, it was like magic. Like, all right, like, she doesn't know everything Disney. My daughter's not super Disney, but like the characters that she loved, like immediately came out and it was cool. We had seats so close that you could feel the fire burning that's on the ice. Have you been Matt to Disney on ice? No, but I've experienced the fire burning on that Jaws oh, ride. Become, Universal. A, become, a, become a girl dad. And like, you go to these things and you're like, wow. Like first you're like, like in a sports wire, you're like, wow, you know how much these tickets would cost if this was like an actual hockey game, like being this close to the ice. And then you're like, wow, I can feel the heat from the ice. So when Mary Poppins came out, my daughter was like, they came right out with Mary. She's like, yes, Mary Poppins, yes. So salute to the kids who are able to get to Disney on ice. It's, it's, it's part of this New England tradition where during winter break, you get the kids there and it becomes a lifelong memory. I even still go back and look at the pictures and point to my daughter and said, you know, you had a good day that day. You, you didn't fuss with your mother. <laughs> In fact... Uh, because my daughter has CP, I the, 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 some of the Green Line trains were out, like in terms of like, so I had to walk her carry up and down stairs. And then at the time they were moving Green Line buses because some locations were closed. So like by the time I got to Disney on Ice, my back needed to be on damn ice. It was that bad. Oh, gosh. But what we won't do for our kids. Uh, Tom Brady, 80 for Tom Brady. This may be the dumbest thing since Eddie Murphy decided to do best defense. I can't wait. You, you're ready to see that? Crap? I am so ready. Any time I see a movie starring somebody that shouldn't be in a movie, first of all, and it's about football, like that Sean Payton, Kevin James movie, I get so geeked up for those. So tell me without telling me in words that Tom might have a fetish for 80-year-old women. I mean... I, I mean, I'm married Lily to Tomlin. myself, and Tom Brady and I's birthday is only two days apart. So I guess it's a, I guess it's about proving that you can you can you can you know you can show the legends that you're a legend in your own right and in your right too. So have a great night. Please be safe overnight and into the morning. Eight inches north of the Pike. So that's like the drawing line. So Metro West, get ready. I know some of that stuff is still laying around. Like the big pile. KJ Carson at Twitter. Uh, Greg Hill Show tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. with the snow. So you'll have updates in terms of how the roads are as well on the morning show. Thank you so much for hanging out late night with KJ. Be good. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.